Good afternoon, good evening. I hope you're doing well. Uh, my name's Jordan, and uh, I hope you've already had a great time already at church. And I'm looking forward to sharing some stuff with you. If we haven't met before, my wife Chrissy and I, we live in Wellington. We're part of Equippers Church, Wellington. And we've been part of Equippers uh, for a long time now. Equippers here in Auckland, in London. And uh, I'm lucky enough to, to see what God's doing in a whole bunch of church environments. And I love being part of a church that's happening in all sorts of different places. If you have social media, and I'm just going to assume that you do, you can. Then one of the cool things you can do is on your social media, rather than just following meme pages or you know or you know bikini photos, you could actually follow uh, pastors from Equipus churches all around the world. Right? Here's an idea. Uh, here's two people I reckon you should follow: uh, Miro Troth. I don't know if that's how you say his name, M-I-R-O, right? And he's at Equippers in Budapest. He's launching this church. And he, he and his wife, Martha, are amazing people, just worth following uh, in one of the ancient capitals of Europe and just an amazing what God's doing through them and their ministry. Another great person to follow is John Fandano from Equippers Church in Manila. And his Instagram feed is amazing. He's a great photographer as well, which is awesome. But just so many great testimonies he puts up of what God's doing in in the Philippines. And it's an exciting thing for us as equippers. We get a bit of a view, right, of what God's doing through equippers, right? But then there's this even bigger picture of what God's doing in the world <laughs> through all the Christians. You know, churches that are different to equippers, churches that are, you know, wildly different to equippers, or churches that are sort of the same as equippers, but different, you know. But in all of this, God's working in these amazing ways. God's working in all these different ways, ways that we couldn't imagine from where we're sitting. And so I want to talk about this idea of what God's doing and what God's building. And I, I, I want to pick up what I said in a previous message. But if, you weren't, if you've not seen the previous one, it doesn't matter because I'm going to recap brilliantly to start with. And I've got a few ideas I want to push your thinking. And if we haven't met before, I just want you to know that I am wanting to challenge you. I, I, I am wanting to prod a little bit in your thinking, a little bit even to you think about the way you behave, the way you live your life. Because one of my basic beliefs is, is that we can always improve. Uh, and I think that's a really hopeful thing, right? If, if you say, well, my life is what it is. There's no... It is just what it is. This is what I, my life is. And it's because of my ancestors and it's because of my economic scenario. Or it's because of the country I live in or it's because of my neighborhood or it's because of the woman I married or it's because of the kids I've got or it's because of the school I go to or went to or it's because of my family or it's my parents. As soon as we say, this is what it is and it's just because of all that, we miss the fact that in the middle of all the stuff, all of that's maybe true, but in the middle of it, you're you. There you are. Look at you. You're a powerful individual. You can think thoughts all by yourself without me helping, without anybody helping. You can think some things. You can, you can engage some heart and some passion. You can do it. Like there'll be something you get passionate, excited about, whether it's, you know, for me, cakes and donuts, you know, but then we can get excited about things. We can think some thoughts. We can get excited about things, right? And we can take action. One of the worst lies you can end up believing is that there's nothing I can do. Because even when it's like there's very little you can do, there's still usually something you can do. Right? Even when things are really going wrong, there's still things we can do. There's still thoughts we can think. There's still actions we can take that could improve the situation maybe by 1%. 
But if we improve by 1% for 100 days, we're gonna be in a great space. So let's think about our life, the life that we're building. Let's think about the big picture of what God's doing around us because the big picture God's doing around us is amazing and we can be inspired by how other people are building, what God's doing in those places like, like Budapest and, and like the Philippines, right? But the next question we gotta ask is, hey, what's, what's God doing in me? What am I building here in my life? And maybe you're not planning a church in one of the ancient capitals of Europe. I'm not. I'm just living in Wellington and bringing up my kids, right? But it's still something I can do in a way that extends the kingdom, in a way that builds my life and builds the world around in a powerful, powerful way. So this is what Jesus said when it comes to building. Uh, Right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, He said this. He said, anyone who hears His words and does them, puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Rain comes down, the, the, the rivers rise, or the streams rise, and wind blows and beats against the house, but the house doesn't fall because it has its foundation on the rock. And that foundation is living out the things Jesus said. That's our foundation. So Jesus Himself and the things He said that we lived them out. We're not, then we're on the rock. But if you hear the words of Jesus, but you don't do anything about it, Right, which, which is often where we are, right? We're often, I think this is an honest statement about me. My understanding is bigger than my outworking, right? So I have an action gap, not an understanding gap, right? So I understand more about what Jesus said than I'm really putting in practice in my life. And that, that's just me being honest to you, right? But I, I also, I'm not sure that you're not in the same group as me. That actually, maybe we understand more than we're putting into practice. You know, maybe you're not in that group, but that's definitely where I find myself. I've spent a lot of time learning about what Jesus says and what He's, what he's done. I've spent a lot of time teaching people about what Jesus says, right? But the question isn't that, Jesus didn't say you're building on the rock if you teach other people about what I said. No, it's that you put it into practice in your own world. That's what builds the life that we're living in, right? But if we don't put it into practice, then we're building on sand, right? So sand's an unstable foundation. So the same thing happens. The rain, the rain, the rain, the rain comes down, the streams rise up, the wind blows and beats against the house, and then this house falls with a great crash. Right? All the people heard Jesus Speaking like, wow, there's something important about all these things Jesus is saying, which is why we've got them written down now, right? Because the people who heard them at the time were like, man, we've got to write this down. We've got to tell each other about it. We've got to keep thinking about this. And I think what Jesus is saying here about what are we building on is a real critical thought to think about for our life. How are we building, right? First question is, what are you building? Right? Because if, you, if you're building a tree fort, you and your mates, well, you can just get some old pallets, eh? You can throw it up in the tree and hope it lasts, right? And your tree fort might last for six months. It's gonna be pretty uncomfortable, especially when the wind starts blowing, right? But the thing we're building is so much bigger than a tree fort. It's so much bigger than, it's so much bigger than a garden shed. It's so much bigger than a garage. It's, big, it's even bigger than a house. Have a think about the thing we're building. Jesus, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says this, he says, you can't lay any other foundation except that which is Christ, right? So we're building on Christ. We don't get to choose what we build on. But he says this, you can build on that foundation. You can use any of the materials you like, gold, silver, and jewels. So those are expensive things. 
that are hard to get hold of. I don't know if you know where gold is, but it's hard to get hold of. Silver, hard to get hold of. Jewels, hard to get hold of. Or we can build with wood, hay, or straw. So there's cheaper, more temporary, and easier to get hold of materials. So if you're building a tree hut, I suggest you use wood. But I'm not an expert. Like I'm not a structural engineer, but if you're building a tree hut, I'd suggest you use wood. But if you're building something other than a tree hut, you need more than just wood. You need other materials, right? Look at this one. It says, whatever you choose to build with, it's up to you, but there's still a judgment day. So when Jesus was talking, he said, you build your house and then a flood comes. And Paul's saying, you build, you build with the materials you choose, but then a fire is going to come. When the fire comes through, it reveals what kind of work you've done. So what really he's saying is, you build a way in your life, and then when you're tested, when the pressure comes on, does your house stand up? In this case, does it burn up? Do the things you built disappear, or do they last? The, sh- the fire shows whether your work has got any value. It's so, it's so tempting when we're under pressure to focus all of our attention externally, right? Oh, this is happening. I can't do anything about it. There's a global pandemic, you know? And these are real. The, the external pressure is real. But the external pressure, according to the Apostle Paul, the external pressures that come, the tests that come, the fire that comes, it's not revealing how big the fire is, right? What happens to me internally is when I get under pressure, I start to get a little bit down or I start to get really anxious. And then generally speaking, I start to freeze. I stop, I stop being able to function in terms of my job. I can't do things. Or I get grumpy and irritable, right? Is that because the pressure is really big or is it because my building skills need to improve? Well, I can't change anything about the pressure, but I could build with some better materials, right? And so my challenge to you in 2020, sounds really harsh, but I'm a nice guy, so don't take it the wrong way. But when you're feeling the pressure, it's not that helpful to just continually remind yourself how big the pressure is. The question I'm beginning to ask myself is, okay, I'm feeling the pressure. I'm not functioning as well as I could. What could I do about it? Is there a small thing I could do about it? Is there some things I could begin to build in my life? Do you know, one of the things we do as a family is we do morning devotions now, which we didn't used to do. But each morning after breakfast, I try and get and we read some Bible, we pray together as a family, right? That's because I thought, man, I've got to do some things. The pressure's on, we've got to do some things to strengthen the thing we're building. Now, it's not that big a deal. It's five or 10 minutes a day, but it's building something. And it didn't come out of me being like, oh, I'm Pastor Jordan and I'm, I'm a glorious kind of a guy. No, it came out of me thinking, man, we're under a lot of pressure. I'm not doing very well. What can I do to improve my game as a dad? What can I do to lift the level? Right? And I'm not, I'm not, being, I'm not trying to sound like, anyway, hopefully you can hear what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, hey, there might be something you could do. Maybe something really small and probably preferably something really small that you could lift your level. Maybe shift from some wood Maybe there's something golden you could do once a day, once a week that builds in your life something bigger, right? Because the fire is revealing what you've built, right? If the work survives, you'll receive a reward. But if it's burned up, you'll suffer great loss. You still get saved because our salvation is not based on our building. Our salvation is based on our acknowledgement of Jesus Christ as King of Kings and as Lord of Lords, right? 
The fact that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sin, that's what's gonna enable me to get to heaven, whatever that means. That's what enables me to get to heaven when I die. That's what makes me saved. Now, once I'm saved, how I build still matters. So as Christians, we don't go, oh, I receive you, Jesus. Now I'm just gonna sit back. No, we say, I'm gonna receive you, Jesus. Now, because you're part of my life, I wanna build a life out of gold, silver, and precious stones, a life that's worth your presence that you can live in, right? We don't wanna just get to heaven as a, someone who's escaping through the flames. Because we're together, we're building the temple of God. That's what I love about following Pastor Miro, other pastors, Pastor John, and seeing what God's doing through equipers. Now that's not the whole story, but just seeing what God's doing. The things I'm building in my life, the things that those guys are doing that are bigger than me, are all part of this bigger picture, which is the temple of God. God's presence on the earth is inside His people. And the bit that we're building is really important. So I've got three ideas I want you to have a think about. We're building the temple of God. That's what our life's about. We're not just getting through to retirement. We're building a place where God can be worshipped in our life and in our lives collectively. And we're building a place where God is present, right? And that's what we're doing. That's what a temple is. It's a place where God is honoured and worshipped and it's a place where He's present. And I think if you were to identify a great goal for your life, why wouldn't you make this a goal? I want, this year I want to improve the temple so God is better worshipped inside my life and He's more visibly present inside my life. That's a quite a good goal. And then think about what the actions might be to do that. The first thing I want to think about is this idea of consistency. Most of us have heard the story of the three little pigs, right? And the three little pigs, the first little pig builds his house of straw, right? Uh, and hay, right? And as you think about that, that's an interesting idea, right? If you're going to build a house out of hay. I live in Wellington, right? Regularly we have winds around 50, 60, 70 kilometres an hour. If you had a house made out of hey, it's not going to be much of a house after day one, right? It's going to be your house is going to be spread out across the street. The reality is building a house of hay is just finding the nearest thing and well, just whatever it is, whatever you can lay your hand on, you sort of build it. That's what that first pig did. Quickly throw up a house out of hay. It doesn't cost much, not hard to move. It's pretty, hay is pretty light to move around and get compared to other building materials, right? But what happened for him is the wolf came along, huffed and puffed, blew the house down and the little pig, varying stories, either got eaten or he ran to the next house where his older brother had built a house out of sticks. Now, sticks is better than hay, but it turns out when the wolf came, once there's a big enough wolf, for some reason the wolf blows the house down. I'm not, not sure this is a particularly common hunting practice among wolves, but the wolf blows the house down and then the two little pigs there get eaten up or else they run to the next house. And this third brother has built his house out of bricks. Now, if you know anything about bricks, you have to dig the dirt fashion the brick, then you have to bake it in a kiln. That's this fire idea, to harden it and make it something strong. And the story is that the wolf can't get in that house that's made out of bricks. Now, I don't think for a minute that anyone listening to me this morning or this evening or wherever, what time of day is, I don't think anyone listening to me is the sort of pig who builds his house out of straw. None of you are that sort of pig, right? That's not what you're doing. That's not what you're building, right? None of you are the sort of house that's got to try and build a house out of sticks, that's not who you are. All of you are diligent people who build your house out of bricks. That's the plan, isn't it? In fact, no one goes out and says, I'm going to go build a house out of hay. But I think sometimes in my life, while I'm building my house out of bricks, there's certain times when you get a bit lazy and you think, oh, I'm going to use some hay today. I can't really be bothered. 
oh, I can't, I don't know if I can, I can't be bothered, those bricks are still drying, I'll use them tomorrow, but for today I'm going to use some sticks. And so most of us, you're not going to have a house of hay or sticks, you're going to have a house of bricks with little bits of hay and little bits of stick. And I want to suggest that, hey, let's get consistent. And those of you who know me well know that I'm not telling you about something I'm good at. I'm not good at consistency. I'm good at brilliant new ideas. That's my, that's my bag. Brilliant, new, exciting ideas, right? But actually, if we're going to build a house that stands, we're building on the foundation, and then we need to stick to a plan, right? I, the people who are most inspiring to me, and the people I spend most of my time reading about, if I'm reading about heroes, or if I, the people I follow on Instagram, I'm not following people who have got brilliant new ideas. I've got too many of those myself. I'm inspired by people who are consistent. I'm inspired by people who keep doing the same thing and they build something great, something that will stand. And so I want to challenge you on consistency. Oh, yeah, but it's, I don't know how many times I've used this excuse already. Oh, I haven't got that done because of COVID. Oh, I haven't done that because of COVID. We can't do that because of COVID. Now, because of COVID, if you've said it three times already, you're going to have to come up with another reason, right? It's not a good enough reason for us to abandon the plan of the life God's got for us. Yep, things are massively unsettled. For me too, for you too, I know. But hey, whatever's going on, because next year there'll be another thing, right? There's always a thing, right? Oh, I couldn't do that. I've got little kids. Couldn't do that because I've got teenagers. Couldn't do that because I'm retired. Like, couldn't do that because of, 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 no, come on, let's get consistent. Let's dig the bricks, fashion the bricks, bake the bricks, build the house, Right, because it's a house that God is honoured in. It's a life that God is honoured. It's a life where God's presence is. So let's think about consistency. What does it mean? Where do you? Where could you be more consistent with the materials you're building with? Right, because you could improve. You might already be brilliant. Right, no doubt you're more consistent than me. But let's all think about where we can improve and become more consistent. If you're going to build, you've got to keep nailing in nails. You can't keep stopping for cups of tea as you build. One of the things I heard recently is that um, if you had identify a profession in the world that are the most heroic, it would be plumbers. And I was like, nah, I don't know. I think it would be teachers, school teachers like me. You know, they were pretty heroic, right? Uh, but actually, the point the person was making is that plumbers have saved more lives than doctors ever will, right? Because it's plumbing that brings fresh water into a house. And it's plumbing that does the opposite. When you think about your life, I think one of the things that's going to determine the quality of your building is the plumbing. Have you built a house? Have you built a life? Have you built into your life? Have you got running water in your life? Because you don't want to live in a, like think about the house you live in right now. You don't want to live in a house without running water. You don't. You don't want to have to go down to a stream to get water out of the stream. You don't want to have to wait till Sunday, right, to hear from God. You actually need to hear from God all the time. You, you actually need to hear from God when you read the Bible, right? And you say, oh, but I don't. Well, no, you have to build the plumbing. Do you get what I'm saying? You have to build the habits, maybe. You also maybe have to learn some more. Maybe you need to go to Bible college. Maybe you need to learn some things on the internet. We can learn what does the Bible mean? What is it saying? How's God speaking to me, right? Because you've got to know you need the running water in. 
right? Jesus said, come to me, all you who labour and labour, labour, come to me, or you're heavy, and I'll give you water. Anyone who comes to me, I'll give you water to drink. That's the sort of life we want. That's got, we've got fresh water in our lives. People who know me well, when they're talking to me, they can tell whether I've got fresh water coming into my heart. And people who know me well say things like, man, you're sounding really good. You're sounding really full of vision. Or they say, hey, are you okay? Right? And the question they're asking is, you've got fresh water coming in. The other thing that plumbers do, which is the reason they get paid the big bucks, I'm sure, is they also deal with the not fresh water, the water that needs to be flushed out of the house. I want to suggest to you, you don't want to live in a house that doesn't have a sewage system. Think about your own life. Have you got a process to deal with things that you need to remove from your life? I don't want to get too graphic here, but there's things that go on in life that are tough, difficult, wrong, bad, right? And we've got to have a process where we can come to God and, and, and with those things and say, God, I don't, need the, I don't want these things in my life anymore. We need the fresh water of God's Word and His presence coming in to our heart, to our house. But we also need to think, hey, there's a whole bunch of stuff Maybe it's bags of rubbish. You don't want to just store the bags of rubbish up. You need to get them out on the footpath. And actually Jesus works in our life in both those ways. He brings in the fresh water and He also saves us from our sins. He sets us free from our bad habits. He takes those things out of our life as needed. I was having a conversation one day with an Orthodox priest. He was 82 years old. And I'm intrigued by the more ancient versions of our Christian faith. And this guy was an awesome dude, hugely enthusiastic. My, my friend across the road is a Lebanese Christian. He's Orthodox and his priest was visiting. And I came home from something late at night, 10 o'clock at night, and the priest was just leaving. And we ended up in conversation till midnight. Uh, and he said this thing about, about Protestant Christians. That's sort of the group that we're part of. And he said, you know, Protestants, you threw out lots of good things you need to throw out when you left the Catholic Church, right? Now, I'm not, not, I'm not wanting to have a discussion about that. But what he said was this, is you, one of the things you guys don't have that's a real shame is that you don't do confession. You don't have a process where you can directly connect with someone who can help you process through those bad things in our life and let go of those things. And it's stuck with me really significantly for, for actually for a few years now. The thing, actually, hey, we need to deliberately, individually, deliberately build a process. Who are, do you have someone you can talk to? I hope that you do. And I hope that if you don't, you're building some relationships. In Equippers Church, I think probably in your e-group, maybe there's someone you can build a relationship. Maybe your e-group leader is someone who could do that. Definitely the pastors, you know, the, the people who are leading in church. One of the things that they're, they're great at is talking, listening better, hopefully better at listening than talking, but also praying and helping you find some freedom. Also across Equippers, we've got the Encounter Weekends, which are great spaces where you go away for a few, uh, overnight or there's a few sessions across a Friday, Saturday, where it gets into the nitty-gritty, to quote uh, a famous movie, right? It gets into the nitty-gritty of what's life really like. And life's not all sunshine and roses. It is sunshine and roses, but there's also stuff we've got to get rid of. And I, I'm so grateful for the fresh water that Jesus is in my life, but I'm, I'm just as grateful that Jesus, because of my relationship with Jesus, I can let go of, get rid of some of the things in my life that I don't want, things that are perhaps 
poisonous, things that are, that are unhealthy, they can be removed from my life because of my relationship with Him. But we've got to, we've got to build a pattern. Do you get know what I'm saying? Like, That's my, my analogy is we need the plumbing in the house. It actually needs to be part of the system rather than, oh, we just let it all build up and then we burn the house down and hope for and start again. No, let's keep it healthy. And plumbing is one of the, is the idea I want to point your attention to. The key question is this, are you receiving the fresh water in? Do you have a plan for processing those things out? Because if you haven't, you're going to have to build a plan. Does that make sense? I think it should. Anyway, moving on. The last thing I reckon you need to think about, that our last idea for the evening, is think about uh, what's the ventilation like in your house? Um, one, of the cool th- one of the cool things I love is I love reading history and I was reading a book once and I think it was like the life of John Bunyan and he lived in like, 16-ish in the UK, in the in, in England at the time, um, and he wrote the book *The Pilgrim's Progress*. And so I was reading about his life, and there was talk about the house he grew up in, and it's like he was they were poorish people, and he grew up in this house, and they had um, they had windows that could just like open. Um, there were just uh, openings in the wall, right? And then they would have these wooden shutters that close it down. And then they got, um, they were talking about the rich people in the, in, the, in the book. There was this conversation about the rich people in town. They could afford glass, right? So they could afford, the rich people could afford glass, but it meant that in the town, this town that John Bunny grew up, rich people were less healthy than poor people, which is usually very unusual, right? Ordinarily, the more wealth you had, the better a house you could build, you'd be safer, healthier, all that sort of stuff. And it's definitely true today. But at this particular point in history, uh, in this town, poor people were more healthy because their homes were more ventilated, right? Because they couldn't afford glass. And what happened is the rich people, could, once they could afford glass, they put glass in the windows, in the openings, right? They put the glass there and then just never open it. And their point was they, they used to say to each other, once you can afford glass, why would you even need to open a window? Because you can see through it, right? And I think sometimes we, we, sometimes we, we miss some ventilation, right? Some of us have built a life, a house that's a bit too shut up, right? It's a little bit too tight. And you know, I'm not criticising you because I'm sure the house is warm. I'm sure your life is warm. I'm sure you feel safe and comfortable, but do you have enough ventilation? Have you got some fresh air coming in? Some of us are so safe, we're unhealthy. Some of us haven't even built walls in our house, and that's a whole other story, right? So we want walls and we want windows that can open and close because we want to stay warm and we want to stay safe. And I, I want to suggest you want to build a house that's safe. But in your life, I wonder, and maybe to right now, even maybe right now, there's something in your heart where God's really calling you to throw open a window. There needs to be some fresh ideas come in. And you know, I love it, the, the story of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit of God first touches humans uh, in, in the new era, right? So Jesus has ascended to heaven. And in Acts chapter 2, you can read the story. They're in the upper room praying. They were shut up in a room. And then what happens? The wind of God blows through. And you know, I, I really, I actually right now I can feel in my heart the wind of God wants to blow through your life. And that sounds mystical and weird and I don't, I don't mind that it sounds like that because it's true. The wind of God wants to blow through your life and it requires you just to open a window. And maybe right now there's a, there's, 
this, even you can just make the decision, I'm going to open my heart to the possibility of God's Spirit blowing through my life in a refreshing breeze, in a refreshing blow. If you feel like, yeah, that's definitely me. I've been too, I'm too safe. It's nice and warm, but I'm too locked up. I really believe that God wants to blow through and let His wind blow through into your life and bring that refreshing. So tonight, those three ideas I wanted you to think about is consistency. Are we building with the right materials, solid materials, lasting materials? And are we consistently building with that? Or every other day do we think, oh, I'm going to use sticks today. Hey, there's a, we can all lift our game. Let's lift our game. We can. With the grace of God, we can lift and God can help us to build better. The next thing I thought was this idea of plumbing. You need this a plan to allow the fresh water in and a plan to allow the not fresh things out of your life. And then I've, I really believe this, that in my heart, which is different to my head, right? It's not just a good idea. It's, 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 a, it's a now idea. Right now in the service, if you're in the, wherever you're sitting in the movie theatre, the Holy Spirit wants to blow through, through your life which is made up of your thoughts and your feelings and then it's your actions. That there needs to be a refreshing in that space. And I really believe that some of us have shut the windows tight to keep ourselves safe, to keep ourselves warm. And I'm not criticising that because sometimes you have to do that. But I'm saying that there's a season now to, hey, let's pop the window open and allow the Spirit of God to flow through our life. Again, I want to pray specifically for you this morning. If, If you're in that state where actually you've had the windows closed, and you can recognise it in your heart that yeah, I've, I've shut my life down a little bit and I need to open it up again. If that's you, I want to pray for you. So just identify yourself in your heart. You think, yeah, that's me. I'm going to pray. You can lift your hands. You can stand up, whatever. But I'm going to pray. You just identify with this prayer as I'm praying. Holy Spirit, I'm praying right now for my friends who are listening, who can recognise that for whatever reason, they've closed themselves down. Maybe they've even closed themselves to you. They've closed themselves maybe to others. Maybe they've closed off from some friends and some relationships. Lord, I pray right now that You would sweep through the wind of Your presence through every equipper's experience and maybe a living room somewhere. Maybe someone's listening on their phone. The whole, the wind of the Holy Spirit I love that you say that it's a mighty rushing wind. It's a wind we notice. But Lord, I even think of that breeze of the wind blowing through the garden that we can read in Scripture as well. The wind blowing through the garden, the fragrance of your presence. Just reach out right now wherever you're sitting. Just reach out right now. And I'm believing that God's, the wind of God's presence is going to blow through and there's going to be a refreshing, a refreshing breeze of His presence not just to make you feel good, but to refresh you, to invigorate you, to remind you again of His glorious plan for you, that you're part of His work, you're part of His move, you're part of His kingdom, even though it feels like, oh, I'm just living my life here in whatever town, city, suburb you're in. Yeah, you are just living your life, but each of those thoughts, each of those feelings, each of those actions is building the temple of God that place where He's honoured and worshipped and the place where He chooses to be present. Hey, I hope this has been a helpful half hour for you. Anytime you can find me on social media, if you have 
feedback for me, you've got questions, you've got comments you want to make, you can find me on social media. I check my social media accounts once a week, right? So it's a bit more like a postcard than an email, but you can check, throw stuff on there. I'm happy to hear from you. Uh, but otherwise, so good. Hope it's been helpful half an hour and I look forward to seeing you again another time soon.